We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today and tomorrow, we're taking a closer look at four of the major ballot issues Missouri voters will face on November 6th. Amendment 1 is getting a lot of buzz. It's called the Clean Missouri Amendment. Lots of components, including changes to the process of determining legislative districts to end gerrymandering. There are also several ethics issues addressed and a legislative transparency provision. With us to discuss pros and cons, former Missouri Senator Jim Talent, chairman of Missourians First, an organization formed to oppose Amendment 1. Benjamin Singer is the communications director with Clean Missouri. He's a proponent. Big money, powerful lobbyists, and small groups of political insiders have too much control and influence in Missouri politics. Our legislature takes nearly $900,000 a year in gifts from paid lobbyists. Gerrymandered districts protect Democrats and Republicans from accountability. Legislators keep their records secret, and citizens have been kicked out of public hearings. But there's good news, it doesn't have to be this way. Amendment 1 will clean up Missouri politics by stopping expensive lobbyist gifts It will require fair and competitive maps and make our legislature more transparent by requiring meetings and records be open to the public. It's endorsed by a bipartisan coalition of reformers, including the AARP, the League of Women Voters, Republican former U.S. Senator John Danforth, the NAACP, and many more. We need to vote yes for Amendment 1 to clean up Missouri politics. Thank you, Benjamin. Jim Talent. Thank you. Uh, Amendment 1 is marketed as an ethics amendment. I call it the gerrymandering amendment because the vast majority of the amendment is a massive constitutional change in the way Missouri draws its state legislative maps. It vests the power in one official uh, and directs him to draw the maps to achieve a percentage of Republicans and Democrats in the legislature that mirrors the Republican and Democratic vote for statewide offices like governor and senator. Now the sponsors anticipate and want to draw a whole lot more marginally Democratic seats because the Democrats currently in the last 10 years have run more poorly in legislative races than in statewide races. So there's three big problems for that. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about more in, in, in the course of this session, but it's not a failure of democracy when voters choose one party for governor and another party to run the legislature. We shouldn't game the system to try and preclude them from that choice. Second, the only way we're going to get a whole lot more marginal Democratic seats is to carve up the solid Democrats, this will happen in the Republican areas as well, but the solid Democratic areas, mostly in the cities, and draw long spaghetti snake-like districts out into the suburban and exurban areas. So if you live in the city and you want to be represented in the state Senate by somebody from uh, Gasconade County, vote for Amendment 1. And finally, it's a dagger at the heart of minority representation because it'll carve the African-American neighbors up neighborhoods up six ways from Sunday, which is why Congressman Clay and Freedom Inc., the two biggest African-American political organizations in the state, uh, oppose it. So look, it's, uh, uh, the, the ethics changes which we'll get to are the tail, the dog of this, 
is a massive constitutional change, and it is a dog, so we oppose Amendment 1. Benjamin, would you like to respond to that? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, if Amendment 1 did any of the things that lobbyists like Jim say it would do, it wouldn't be endorsed by every good government and civil rights organization in the state of Missouri and in the country. Whether it's the NAACP, or the Brennan Center for Justice, the League of Women Voters, the Campaign Legal Center, you know, many organizations, people like Paul DeGregorio, the uh, former chair of the U.S. Election Assistance Commission appointed by President George W. Bush, who's endorsed Amendment 1, um, you know, to directly uh, respond to the things that Jim said. Um, civil rights leaders agree that Amendment 1 will actually make Missouri a leader in protecting minority representation in the legislature. That's why it's been endorsed by many of the organizations I mentioned. You should read the language, Jim. Um, also, it requires districts to be compact and contiguous, and when possible, to follow local political boundaries like city or county lines, which current house maps totally ignore. And a lot of uh, towns in rural Missouri are cut up uh, because of that. We're adding that, actually. And in terms of competitive districts, I mean, right now, 90% of races are not competitive. These are protecting both Democrats and Republicans from accountability. We need to be able to hold our legislators accountable when they fail to act in the public interest. Right now, politicians, legislators in Jefferson City are taking, they took over a million dollars in lobbyist gifts last year. They're talking to a few big donors, like the one big donor who's supporting the opposition to Amendment 1, and they're able to ignore voters back home. That's not right, no matter what party you believe in. Jim, this is billed as taking politics out of this whole process. How does it stay in? Well, because the amendment requires that the maps be drawn to achieve partisan fairness, which is defined by the amendment as, uh, as districts that will produce a result in the legislature, a Republican and Democratic split in the legislature that mirrors uh, the results in statewide elections for governor, senate, and the rest of it. Now, to do that, you have to draw more marginally Democratic districts because the Democrats have been running more poorly in legislative races than, than they've been running in statewide races. And that's what this one official who has been vested with power by this to draw the district maps will do. The only way you can do that is by going into heavily Democratic areas, and they'll do the same thing in solid Republican areas where they need to, carving out the, the, those areas and drawing long spaghetti-like districts. So you're, you are going to have state Senate districts, if you live in the city, where you're going to be represented by people in the suburban and exurban areas. Now, <clears throat> the ethics provisions, which I support, they're good, okay? They're not tremendously consequential, they are the tail that is designed to wag the dog of the re redistricting portion. So, you know, for example, there's an, there's, they, they put a limit on, uh, on uh, gifts, or they ban gifts from lobbyists to legislators, which happened in the Congress many years ago with my support, okay? But it does not ban, for example, gifts from non-lobbyists. It limits campaign contributions uh, to states uh, to uh, state house or state senators. Lowers the limit by hundred dollars. These changes are good to do, but they're not, anybody who thinks that they're going to fundamentally fundamentally change the political dynamic in Jefferson City is kidding themselves. This is about the redistricting provisions, and it is going to ch to work a massive change, vest power in one official, and uh, instruct him to gerrymander the districts. Uh, that's exactly what the amendment says. 
Benjamin Singer, uh, Mr. Talent, has made a case that politics is very much a part of this. The proponents are saying just the opposite. How is it structured, as you see it, to keep politics out of it? Yeah, absolutely. Great question, Don. So Amendment 1 creates an independent trans... You know what? I'm just going to read a quote from former U.S. Senator John Danforth. Under the current system, lines are drawn in order to provide safe districts for one party or the other. True political contests do not exist when general election results are foregone conclusions. The real contests occur in primary elections in which the competition favors the candidate who can appear, appear to be the most ideologically extreme. Now, as Senator Danforth says about the solution, Amendment 1 creates an independent process with clear, transparent criteria to ensure no party is given an unfair advantage when new maps are drawn after the next census. Um, he, I, could, I could keep reading because he writes beautiful words, but uh, the way it's structured is there's a, quali a qualification process where the state auditor outlines the qualifications for the demographer. They are required to make it a long process to encourage numerous qualified applicants. They pass along the qualified applicants to the Senate majority and minority leaders, so members of both parties have a say. If they agree on someone, that becomes the independent demographer who draws the maps. If they don't, then there's a random lottery. Then they draft the initial maps, taking into account all of the clear and transparent criteria. Now, I emphasize transparent because this is a great change from the current process, where no data used in drafting the maps is subject to the Sunshine Law, only those ultimate maps. And then if the process gets thrown into the courts, the judges have claimed they're not subject to the Sunshine Law, and then we see the maps that come out of there and wonder who's pulling the strings behind closed doors. So adding transparency is really critical. Then it's reviewed by a bipartisan citizen commission, which can vote to make changes to this map if they have 70% vote to make changes. And very important, whether the maps are ultimately drawn by the demographer or by the citizen commission, they absolutely must follow the criteria written out in Amendment 1. If anyone breaks the rules or anyone violates the criteria, the Missouri Supreme Court has found they can be sued for that. And the citizens of Missouri can ensure that the ultimate maps follow the criteria laid out in Amendment 1, which have been vetted and endorsed by the Brennan Center for Justice, the Campaign Legal Center, and the League of Women Voters. Now, you try getting the League of Women Voters to endorse uh, your ballot initiative. It is a difficult and long process, and they vet it very thoroughly. So um, it has been checked by state and national experts, and Missouri is actually joining a long list of states, 11 states which have competitiveness standards, four states which have partisan fairness standards. This is a growing movement. It's on the ballot in three other states as well, adding clear and transparent criteria to stop the politicians from gaming the system. The current commissions are appointed by both parties. They are mostly lobbyists, politicians, and political consultants. Those make up the majority of the people currently in charge of drafting the maps. That's why adding an independent expert is so important. And by the way, included in, the, in those commissioners was the personal attorney for the largest donor in the state of Missouri. Again, this is an insider game. These are people appointed by the parties. We gotta add independence, transparency, transparency and clear criteria, and that's what Amendment 1 does. And that's why you see the group opposing Amendment 1 is 100% current and former elected officials and current and former lobbyists. 
Uh, I hope nobody gives me a pop quiz on that, by the way. This yeah, is a exactly. very, it's all, very you can, complicated. You can read it all at cleanmissouri.org slash solution. If, if, Download the PDF, read the whole thing. Uh, if, I, if I can respond to that. Okay, so the demographer is going to be a partisan official. He's appointed, or he or she will be appointed by the state auditor who is a partisan elected official. And they're going to appoint somebody from their party to the demographer's office. Even, even if the auditor doesn't want to do that and resists that, they're going to be under intense pressure from their own party to appoint somebody who will draw these maps, and this demographer is going to draw the maps in a way that favors their party. Auditors usually have higher political ambitions. The current auditor, everybody talks about her running for, for uh, governor. Uh, Claire McCaskill was the state auditor before she ran for governor and then the Senate. I know something about the Senate race. That was in 2006 when she beat me. Margaret Kelly ran for, was the state auditor and ran for governor in 1992. So if the auditor is a Republican, they're going to appoint a Republican demographer who's going to draw the maps. One person drawing the maps. If the auditor is a Democrat, they're going to appoint a Democrat as a demographer to draw the maps. Now, Benjamin says, well, the uh, demographer is not, does not have total control over the maps because he has to submit it to a citizens commission, which can overrule him. But the only way the citizens commission can overrule him is with a 70% vote. Okay, so if, if, if I proposed a constitutional amendment that said the Speaker of the House can pass laws on his own, but the rest of the House can overrule him by a 70% vote, would you say that we were not giving effective legislative power to the Speaker of the House? Now, supposedly the existing system is too amenable to influence from incumbents, okay? So the demographer, the demographer is gonna have a five-year term. He's gonna have an office. He's gonna be a paid employee. He's gonna have staff. He's gonna have office space. And the legislature is gonna appropriate all that. So the people whose maps the incumbents whose maps he's drawing are going to be in charge of paying his salary. I wonder sometimes where this amendment comes from or if the people who drafted it have any idea how Jefferson City works. So you're going to have a senator who gets elected, let's say, in 2020. The map's going to be drawn for 2022. He's not up until 2024. The chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee is going to be appropriating the funds for the demographer who's drawing the maps in the year in which he's drawing the maps. Now, they claim that the current system produces incumbent maps. Well, the last map that was drawn in 2010 was drawn by a panel of six Missouri appellate court judges, five of whom were Democrats, and they put more than two dozen House members into districts with each other. Whatever else that map was, it was not an incumbent map. And when appellate court judges draw the map, which is the second stage if the bipartisan commission can't agree, they're the most nonpartisan officials who serve under the Constitution of the state of Missouri. And I can tell you from personal experience, they don't like legislative incumbents. And that's why they drew the map that they draw. Now, I do want to respond because this is the second little debate I've had with Benjamin. And he's gotten a little personal with me both times. So I think I should take a minute and tell people exactly what I do, okay? Since I left the Senate in 2007, I went into the net. If you don't mind, it's a little off topic, but he has been okay, saying Okay, but let's since make it relatively okay. brief. So I went into the national security space, and that's what I've been doing. 
So I am a senior fellow at the Bipartisan Policy Center. I'm a visiting scholar with the American Enterprise Institute. I'm a commissioner on the US-China Commission, which produces a report on American-Chinese relationship. I'm on the Defense Policy Board. I lecture, I write. I have a public affairs firm. We do public relations. We do government relations. Lobbying. I'm not a lobbyist. We hire. We have lobbyists. I have no financial interest in this. I have no professional in interest in this. I would like the people of Missouri, all the people across the, po the political spectrum, to be able to elect people to represent them who come from the communities they are supposed to represent. This amendment will produce, it is designed to produce, and it will produce long, snake-like, spaghetti-like, gerrymandered districts. There is no other state in the country that has a, a redistricting procedure like this. And they talk about transparency. Where were the hearings on this when this was produced? Who wrote it? Where was the public comment? It's a massive constitutional change being sold as an ethics amendment. All right, I think Benjamin probably wants to respond to that. But we have a gentleman waiting with a question, so let's get to him we as quickly as we Yeah, I would call this an open hearing, and I would call an election a vote of the people. And so I would encourage people to listen carefully and read carefully at cleanmissouri.org. Um, yeah, I, again, if Amendment 1 did any of the things Jim said it would do, it wouldn't be endorsed by every good government reform organization in the state of Missouri. And in the United States of America and by Republicans and Democrats, including, you know, in this room, all across the political spectrum. Uh, I think that's all there is to say on that, Don. Okay, we'll take the question. I, I'm going to do something a little bit different here. With a show of hands, how many people think they understand what they'll be voting on? On this, on, you understand it? Great. Great. Okay, let's take that question from George. He's from Glendale. I didn't raise my hand on that one. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> Tribal politics has gridlocked the government, somewhat at local level, but certainly at regional, state, and national level. Politicians don't seem to be able to compromise without getting voted out of office. That, in turn, to me, seems as though it's because of the district gerrymandering that we have. We have <clears throat> Uh, districts that are unrecognizable and they're in laughable shapes. Seems to me that what we need are voting districts that have a blend of voters in there. We don't need, in my opinion, red. We don't need blue districts. What we need is a blending of those. So the question I have is how is this amendment going to take the gerrymandering out of it and start blending red neighborhoods, blue neighborhoods, green neighborhoods into a district where the politicians are going to have to compromise, otherwise they're going to get voted out. Don, I'm with you, I think. I'm confused. I don't, that's what I want, but I don't know if this amendment's going to do it. If it'll do it, I'll vote for it. If it's not going to do it, I'm out of here. Well, I would well, think that you were a plant for us, except I didn't plant you. So, uh, no, that's exactly exactly right. And that's what Senator Danforth said, is where we have 90% of districts in Missouri right now are either safe for Democrats or safe for Republicans. Okay, it's actually a little over 90%. If you look at the last, in 2016, only 5% of House races uh, were competitive. And so what happens there is exactly what you said. If people want to work in a bipartisan fashion, 
all of a sudden, you know, it, it's the primary is where the race happens. And so the rest of the district who doesn't vote in that one party's primary is left out of the accountability. Uh, and so it, Amendment 1 will require more fairness and more competitiveness. So districts will no longer be so, some districts where they can be made more competitive will be not as safe Democrat or not as safe Republican. So people are more accountable to all the voters of their district, not just to a few partisan insiders. They're going to get the blend of the districts by carving up counties and cities and drawing those long snake-like districts that you think of when you say the word gerrymandering. The Missouri Constitution currently has two requirements for when uh, dist district maps are drawn. One, the districts have to be compact and contiguous. And the reason, in other words, you try and preserve communities of interest, county lines, city lines, school district lines. There's a couple reasons for that. Uh, one of them is uh, the assumption is a basic norm of representative democracy is that you will know the people, the people who represent you will come from the communities that they represent, okay? The second is many of the issues, particularly in the state legislature, are not particularly partisan and do not break down along party lines. Education funding, the state funds uh, schools across the country. When bills to change education funding come up, the first thing you look at in the legislature, how did it affect your schools and your districts and district like yours? It's not a Republican-Democrat issue. There are so many other ones like that, and you need to be familiar with your district. You need to know the views, okay? That's another reason why you don't want gerrymandering. Now, Benjamin has basically just said, yeah, we're going to blend all those cities and counties together to get more competitive districts. Well, actually, they'll be aiming at particular percentages of Republicans and Democrats. That's what this requires. But from a competitiveness standpoint, I was a very strong supporter of term limits when I was in the legislature. I fought for them also in the Congress. We have term limits in Missouri. So everybody can serve a maximum of four terms or eight years in the House or two terms and eight years in the Senate. That, that means that in any given year, an average of a, of a quarter or more of the seats are opening up. And when they open up, you get competition. Now, in solidly Republican or Democratic areas, that competition tends to be in the primaries. But that's because how the voters want to vote. Really, Benjamin and I, we get a little heated with this. But we, I think, agree that this is trying to do a particular thing. It is trying to say to the people of Missouri, okay, St. Louis City, you vote overwhelmingly Democrat. We don't think that's a good thing. So we're going to draw you and your communities out into the urban uh, in, the, in the suburban, ex-urban areas. We're going to blend you in with people in Warren County and Gasconade County. But the problem is, you're going to have people representing you who are not from your communities, do not know your issues, do not know your views. Okay, I wanted to get another question in from the audience from Damien. Our time is running down. Do you have a, a quick question, a single question? And we need quick answers if you do. Um, as swing voters, how do you define, let me see, wasted vote, and how would this um, apply in a redistricting effort? You go ahead and answer this while I write my clothes. Great. Um, so right now, a lot of Missourians feel like they don't have a voice in Jefferson City. 
especially with the gerrymandering that is protecting our legislators from being held accountable when they fail to act in the public interest. Whether, you, for example, if you're in St. Louis County, there are districts drawn to dilute your voice. You know, a, there's a district drawn along Conway Road all the way, oh, but it jogs up a couple blocks and comes back down. Well, guess who lives there? The former Speaker of the House. Uh, the current process is definitely not done in a way to keep districts as compact uh, as possible. Um, so right now, in terms of wasted votes, if you are a, if you live in St. Louis County and you're in one of the districts that is drawn gerrymandered to be safe Democrat or safe Republican to protect uh, insiders, then your vote is essentially wasted. And so Amendment 1, where it can create more competition, such as in St. Louis County, where a lot of this nonsense, political nonsense is happening, um, it will say, well, if you're going to draw a district, you should draw it in a way to be competitive, not to be uncompetitive. And that way, your vote matters. And if it's a more competitive race, you can hold your legislator accountable and not feel like your vote is wasted. And um, I will read directly from Amendment 1, because um, I didn't answer this part of Arnie's question where it says in Amendment 1 that preference shall be that districts are compact in form. Compact districts are those which are square, re rectangular, or hexagonal in shape to the extent permitted by natural or political boundaries. Time to wrap up. Uh, Jim Talent, you have the, uh, the Yeah, uh, we didn't get shovel. to talk a lot about the ethics provisions in it. Um, they're, they're good. They're not huge. They're not going to change fundamentally the political dynamic in Jefferson City. They are the tail that is designed to wag a dog. And the dog is a massive change in the way, the Missouri, the way Missouri redraws uh, its legislative maps. Uh, it is going to introduce, take what is, is a bug in almost every redistricting system in the country, the impulse to gerrymander, and it is going to make it a feature. And in order to get where they want to go, they're going to go into areas like the city, and they're going to carve it up and draw it out. And that is the reason why the biggest and most influential African-American uh, political organizations in the state oppose this. Uh, they understand on a nuts and bolts level what this is going to do to their people. I, do not, I want people in Missouri to be, to be represented by those who are from their communities and understand their communities. And that's the biggest reason why I'm opposing Amendment 1. Thank you, Jim Talent. Uh, Benjamin Singer, go ahead. The NAACP, the Brennan Center for Justice, Organization for Black Struggle, Reverend Starsky Wilson and the Deaconess Foundation, Missouri Faith Voices, and Metropolitan Congregations United all support Amendment 1 to protect minority representation in the legislature. Attorney General Josh Hawley said that Amendment 1's single subject and central purpose is to regulate limited aspects of the Missouri General Assembly and its m members, and that, if enacted by the voters, would promote transparency and accountability in the General Assembly. These are all desperately needed reforms. You've heard how desperate lobbyists and politicians are to protect a corrupt status quo, where legislators keep taking nearly $900,000 a year in lobbyist gifts, listen to a few big donors, and ignore voters back home. On the other hand, bipartisan reformers support Amendment 1 to clean up Missouri politics. It will stop lobbyists from giving legislators $4,000 trips to Turkey by ending Jefferson City's disgusting lobbyist gift culture. It will add transparency, independence, and clear criteria to redistricting to ensure no party gets 
an unfair advantage. It will require open meetings and records, stop legislators from becoming lobbyists shortly after leaving office, and it will close big money loopholes. Read it at cleanmissouri.org. It's a no-brainer. If we want to clean up Missouri politics, 300,000 Missourians in every county agree we need to vote yes for Amendment 1. That was Benjamin Singer, the Communications Director with Clean Missouri, speaking in favor of Amendment 1. Also heard from Senator Jim Talon, summing up his argument in opposition to Amendment 1. 